Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my god! Trip, you know what? You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. Or other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast. The first period starts right now. Cutting in and out. The sound. Am I cutting in and out? Yeah. Like you're, like the music either gets really loud and then you're like in the background or you're like uh, out. Well, what do you expect? Is that better? That's better. I'm just saying, it's cut. don't take it so personally. Shit happens. That's okay. Hey, look, we're rusty. This is a what? First podcast? Yeah. First time, long time. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. All right. So what do we got? We got a little oh. hockey starting up in a couple of weeks, huh? Well, technically, I think it starts tomorrow, does it not? Mm-hmm. Training camp tomor- starts tomorrow. Ah, uh, yes. Doctors, Physicals. Doctors and cupping balls and saying, yes, you can play. It always works, right? Yeah. Especially if you're Jack Eichel. Who? Where? See, we can we can get to that news. Uh, we can always start off with the Devils. As always. Of course, crease decrease segment here on HSSK. Uh, let's see. Let's see what we got. Oh, off-season moves. I yeah, think. I think the last time we were speaking, it was just before preseason. 
and uh, we were wishing and hoping, and I think we actually, I wouldn't say we hit a home run, but we definitely got a triple. So starting with the goal out, we definitely needed a, an experienced backup goalie, so we overpaid for Jonathan Bernier. Who's he, a, he hasn't retired yet. I'm happy. That's a plus, but it is the first day of training camp tomorrow, and I'm pretty sure Corey Crawford made it to the first day. Uh, um, made it through the first or, week, and then it says, like, nah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go home. <laughs> like Forrest Gump, I'm really tired. I'm going to go home. Uh, but, no, he's a, he's a decent – I mean, I've heard things from other podcasts, 32 thoughts and whatnot, that – Is that, like, your go-to? Yeah, thirty-two thoughts is for your if you're looking for straight up information about the NHL. Those are the two guys to go to. If you're looking for the behind the scenes stuff, that's your spit and chicklets and all those other ones. Um, but Bernier, a lot of people are saying like, oh, expect him to play like forty games. No, if he's playing forty games, we need to start looking for another starting girl goalie. Yeah. I don't anticipate him this being a fifty-fifty deal. It, it should be a Bernier should play. He should start 25 games. Say 20 to 20 to 30 would be good. Yeah. And then come in for your, your mom six or seven. Good. Right. Uh, we got Thomas Tatar. I'm interested to see. I guess it would be like Thursday that we would really find out, not tomorrow, uh, where they have him kind of slotted in our lineup because the way I look at it is you have uh Kukinen who was it Kukinen Hughes and Mark and Sharon Govich right and then you have Nico probably Brat and Zaka at the end of the season so where do you put Tatar Mox have him First line winger. Which is fine. I, I don't have an issue with that, but then that means Zaka is going to third line center. Or wing. Yeah, but where? Are you going to put him with McLeod? Well, third line probably. Right, so if he's going to be your third line winger, then you have McLeod as your third line center, let's say with Wood. That's not really helping Zaka's development. Uh, but I don't know. I don't get paid to make these decisions. If it were me, I would start with Zaka on the wing. I've, I've always seen, I've always thought, so, I mean, I don't necessarily watch too much out of, out of metro area hockey. I've always seemed to have Tatar as being, I don't know, lower. Maybe it's just like a name that I just kept hearing. Where oh, he was on those Detroit teams that were stacked. So, I mean his talent wasn't really going to break Zetterberg or Holstrom or Datsuk or, you know, those guys out of their lineup or out of their spot. But either way, I think he's a nice uh, piece to have in the simple fact that if all goes South again, this season, he's getting us a second, a second rounder at least unless he goes to Montreal and then he's going to be on the bench. I mean, and then the, the big fish. Well, I mean, going back to Tarka for a quick second. Um, 
Fritzy going out there and saying he needs a top. Was, was he really saying a top six winger? <laughs> or... I mean, I don't necessarily remember the verbiage that he was saying. I think we all just anticipated uh, having Vlad Tarasenko on there or... Um, Hoped. Yeah. Hoped. Or, or who, who else? Who was, who was a big name out there on, on our capstrap team? Um, there was that Meyer kid out in San Jose that got squashed pretty quickly. Timo Meyer, yeah. And then because he's friends with Nico, they all thought, and then it was Hurdle. They thought Hurdle was going to be one of those guys that San Jose would dump. Uh, but... I mean, if, when, it, when you break down to it and you, you assign Tomas Tatar, um, does that, do you kind of go, eh, all right, or do you get really bummed out? Like, what, what's what's the reaction to something like that? I mean, Versus what it, he signed, what, a two-year deal? Yeah. All right, so in my mind is if it's a mistake, it's a two-year mistake. Um, we should, knock on wood, have enough assets that if it does go south and we have to trade him or buy him out or whatnot, it probably means that somebody in our miners, Mercer, uh, Holtz, needs to take that next step and play. I mean, you watch right, a lot of the um, the I don't know what you want to call it, rookie camp. I don't, I don't know what that. I watched the games. Yeah, yeah like, I did watch them. Whatever that's considered that they played up in Boston. I mean, what did you? I mean, Mercer came out of it being like, you know, he was the most player, noticeable right? player in the tournament, and I'm not just talking from the Devils. He, him, uh, Holtz was good, especially the second game against Boston. Foot and came in on the second game, right? Like once he found his footing, like it was. No, he had his. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, once he found his footing, he, he played better, obviously, in the second game and whatnot. But um, I obviously those three, if you're not giving them, I don't know, top six to middle six, whatever minutes, uh, you just send them to Utica. Well, I'll tell you right now. I mean, if Boquist doesn't set the world on fire in camp, uh, that spot. I think that could be your fourth line. Mercer. You'd want to put Mercer on a fourth line? Or is it just one of those like sheltering him for, for a good point? Oh, you shelter him. You do just like they did with Butcher and, and Zaka when they first started. You put him out there on a fourth line. He's got way too much skill to be stuck there or labeled there. But, you know, I also see him being a John Madden type where, you know what, if he can put in a 20 goals, you know, 30 plus assists season on a fourth line with those two guys who will not hold so much because Holt is going to definitely move up on the lineup, but with foot, you know, those two together, you throw somebody like wood to go get the puck, you know, would go in there, take the body Mercer, go in, pick up the puck and there's foot with his shot. That's the kind of thing that win two championships. I mean, you look back to all of the championship teams we've had in 95 and 2000, 2003, we've always had a fourth line. And even 2012, we've always had a fourth line that made a difference in a game. They weren't just there to play their eight minutes to give the guys a break. You know, you, you have the crash line. You had, you know, Rupp coming into the lineup in 2003 and in 2012, you had the CBGB line. You need that. You need that. And 
hopefully right now that's the question i'm pretty sure if you look at our lineup it's who comes in that empty spot i think there's what like two two to three spots open with there's a center which would be that's if they keep zaka at wing and a wing and a wing spot and then you have your um i don't know your your healthy scratches right you're you're waiting for for injury type players um we can talk about the big fish last um ptos um i think we were we were a lot of people were shocked at the fact that jimmy vc finally has yeah, come back <laughs> to new jersey uh, on a pto um was it uh, another i, I forgot johansson too andres johansson I figured we would have traded him for something just because it was one of those that would, if I can equate it to the Lou times where we got Pinkachu and Pinkachu was just simply supposed to be like the 80 goal scorer and just flopped. Right. You trade it's an understatement. Jan- you, you, you get Janssen and it's like, wow, coming from Toronto. Great. He's going to score goals. We're going to put him with the good, you know, a good players. The next thing you know, he's on the fourth line and, yeah. Well, right now he's. I mean, if you think about it, if Holtz isn't ready and you want to give him time, your fourth line is going to be Mercer, Foot, and Johansson. Because if you keep or somebody's got to play wing, because who was it? It was Wood, uh, the dude that went to the Kraken, Bastion, Bastion, yeah, and McLeod. Now you need somebody on that line and you need a center for the fourth one. Or you don't, or you put Tatar there. McLeod, Tatar, and... You want to put Tatar, the, the big free agent signing on the offensive thing on the fourth line? Well, again, who do you who do you move? Do you put Zaka? You want your fifth overall, sixth overall pick on the third line after his fifth year? I just I what, what my brain can't wrap around is that you have what like what sixty guys in camp, and then you wither it down after like two weeks when there's two weeks left in the season. Two weeks, it'll be after the first preseason, before the first preseason game. And and then you you have so little time to figure out oh who does he click with, right? Um, so you have Mark Jankowski, uh, winger, right? Center winger, yeah, he's a big boy too. He's like six four, two twenty. So is VC. I didn't realize VC was at like six three. VC, and then uh, a defenseman, Tyler Witherspoon, though, and some, and I don't know what position he plays. Frederick. He's a forward. I think he played for the Rangers last year. He was a first rounder. So you have so if if the kids are not absolutely ready to step in and give more than. I mean, because obviously you're not going to say, "Hey, Mercer, go in there and score eighty goals, score fifty goals in the season." You, right. 10, 15, ease your way in. So if they're not absolutely ready to do that on a more or less night-to-night basis, you can throw in any of these any of these guys uh, to those positions. Um, I would hope that VC actually makes it. Yeah, I'm good. Well, I'm thinking of not sheltering the kids, giving them time in Utica, and if they really show you in Utica, like right, they're, they're gonna they'd end up being like the last last cuts, like the you know rosters have to be in what five o'clock the day before opening night or whatever, right? I'd and feel they, better with Janikowski. Come on, man, he's Polish. He should be all fired up. 
I got my Oliwa jersey. I'm good. Yeah, there you go. There's your next jersey. Nah, Oliwa's good. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. He won a couple things. Um, so we have those, right? So we have a decent forward group, right? We have a decent PTO group to be able to push the kids or figure out if they're not ready, you plug them in. And then we get a big fish. Yeah, the big the fish. Biggest, that Biggest fish. That we never get. I mean, granted, we overpaid. But if you look at the market for what Seth Jones, uh, oh God, Zach Wierenski, he's on average. I mean, these are one of those contracts where you look at it in four years and you go, you either go, man, what a steal. <laughs> we got him for $9 million. Or you look at it in four years and go, fuck, we got PK Subban number two here. <laughs> on our anchoring us to the bottom of the standings. We also traded for Graves from Colorado, right? Um, yeah, I mean, we are we're on defense defensive. vastly yes. improved and bigger. Which I think is what Fitzy wants. Because if you see, we, right, like you mentioned, what, Jankowski being tall, Vessi, tall, right? Graves and, and Hamilton, tall. Like, we went, uh, I, I went looking in an article and it said last year the devils were like 25th when it came to average height and average weight compared to ever, the rest of the teams uh with even with these guys on pto who are all big boys except for i think tyler witherspoon's a little guy um with what we've added to our lineup we went from 25th to eighth as far as improving on size now, here's a curveball, right? Let's just say the PTOs aren't working out and the kids, right? To fill in bottom whatever roles, do you want to go into the magic bag of yesteryear and try to go, hey, Anaheim, we'll pick. Well, I read that too somewhere. Right? Like yeah, if, I, if you're I read. If you that you don't have your center, right? Your, your third, fourth line center, like, like we need it, right? Do you go out there and just bring him back? Like, what, like who do you go after? Not unless they're holding some money. Of course, they would have to hold what's he making like six million seven million to be our third line center you want to go half these? <laughs> even that i'd be like all right look if you're not going to take half then you're not getting as much back you're not getting more than a third round yeah. and maybe a b prospect but i think fitzy's job is to right now based on training camp see how it goes with the pto they're not restricted to keeping. Oh no! I mean, they don't have to if they want to go into the season with. Let's see how the young kids do. You know, there, I'm sure that there will be plenty of uh, other people who have been invited to camps that won't that, make it. That won't make it, and we can kind of cherry pick, pick them, yeah. off of that. And even if not, we go with the young kids. And but the other, I think, too. good. No, the other aspect, too, is that you now you have Kevin Deneen as a Utica coach, right? Yeah, you have somebody that has played the game recently, coached it. His dad was one of the best coaches to ever, Billy Deneen. Um, but going back to Fitzy, I think you go until the new year and you see where this team is. And if we are, which I think will be, scrapping with the rangers and the flyers everyone thinks the flyers are the most improved team 
same issue that they've always had. Carter Hart couldn't stop a beach ball last year. And he's, I'm not saying he's not a good goalie, but last year his confidence was as empty as my water bottle over here. Mm-hmm. And he, I think, will be scrapping with those teams. I could see him going after somebody like, I, I wouldn't say Tarasenko, but definitely the Sharks are going to be her- terrible. Go after Meyer, go after Hurdle, go after somebody, depending on where we are injury-wise and point-wise, go after them. I read an uh, a, Atlantic article by one of the, I think it's Corey Massasak, I think, wrote it, uh, mentioning something like, you know, if they're on the cusp, they're, right, scrapping and clawing to keep that last last couple spots or whatever, um, trying to go out and get like a Patty Maroon. Yeah, but I don't think we need that. I mean, he's nice, but I don't think Tampa's going to give him up either. I mean, they won two cups with him. He's going to win three in a row. I, I, unless Tampa is shitting the bed. They lost a lot. They lost a whole line. Yeah, but he's still there. <laughs> I guess that's true. And can- you know, they're going to end up getting Eichel and putting him on the IR for the whole year. And then when the playoffs come, they'll just, oh, my God, he got miraculously he healed with the touch of Jesus. <laughs> Somebody is going to do that. Watch. Yeah, yeah. Somebody is going to trade for Eichel and go, all right, he's on the IR. He's, oh, wait, wait, there's no more salary cap in the playoffs. His neck is better. Well, when when is he supposed to have surgery? Whenever. Well, he's supposed to go for his physical tomorrow with Buffalo. So he'll fail so, that physical, right? Yeah, but who's going to fail? The doctor that told who's going to fail him? The doctor who said, hey, you're all right. Just work. You know, you just need physical therapy. With the doc, his doctor that said you need to have Austin surgery. It's not Austin surgery, but it's like That's Austin neck, surgery. Yeah, neck fusion surgery. What first time for an NHLer? Woohoo! Let, yeah. yeah, let's let's give up. Let's give up our future for a guy that's having a, a never had any NHL surgery before. Smart. I get it. I know it's 2021 sur- science and surgery and all that kind of stuff is better, but first time. Right. I mean, to go back into devil's history, if you look at first time surgeries, John McClane had knee surgery and missed an entire season on knee surgery. Today, if that same injury happened, they would miss six weeks, <laughs> a month, month and a half, maybe. And the half is probably the rehab clinic down in uh, Unica. But yeah, going back to our defense. Uh, I think Hamilton, I don't know if you put Hamilton and Graves together. That, that's maybe at the end of a game. Mocks do that, but whatever. I get it, right? Because what are you, you going to do with Severson? Severson, what, Siegenthaler? No, Siegenthaler probably goes third pairing. With PK. PK. And then Severson and Smith. I don't hate it. I don't, but they're both offensive-minded. They're both uh, riverboat gamblers where they're going to take risks on the sake of offense. They're not going to have anybody like what's happening. I see Smith stepping up to the play and Severson being like, Hey man, I'm going to hold the line. And the next thing we know, it's a three on O. <laughs> I, I don't know much about graves in Colorado. What kind of player is he? He is a better skating, better skilled Colin White. To put it into our championship devil kind of terms, he is a better skating, better skilled 
tough to play against in front of the net shot blocking Danico. See, I, I don't, I don't mind. It's amazing, right? We, we, we signed, well, we acquire, right? I don't know how you want to call it free agent signing as an acquisition, but you get two acquisitions like that. And like magically your defensive group is like, you're looking at it going on paper. We're better than we were last year. On paper, we're also very expensive when you have two guys that are nine million dollars each. Well, so so let's let's fast forward in the next season. PK did relatively well, right? You're 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 putting him in either your second or third pairing, whatever. And he wants to resign here. Would you give him like like four or three for like? I wouldn't go. Years? I would. The, if he had more, if he gets more than thirty points, the highest I go is. Three and a half. Bottom. Three and a half times two. Okay. Just if he hit. puts up like 50 or 60, four and a half, but then he wouldn't stay. Yeah. He probably and he's not putting up 60 points. No. But um, look, I mean, on paper, yes, we got better. Um, considering there'll be a full training camp, considering there'll be a semi-full season, that stupid Olympic break is going to. It's going to be awesome. That's a show. That's a sh- that is a, a show for us in itself. Just talking about hockey, the Olympic rosters. <laughs> huh? That's true. But um, yeah. I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't, Do you I, think I, this guy's gonna make the roster? Crazy. Well, we can talk about him then. <laughs> um. Yeah. For those of you not watching at home, and nobody is other than Rob, I have to my right hand a the Parisi signed usa picture right after he tied it up against canada so on paper i'm not disappointed with what we have offensive defensive i'm not goalie i'm not no Um, this might be the first time in a long time that i've kind of like have a smile after free agency we're like wow we actually like we didn't lose anybody Really, I mean, Bastion, he was a nice player, but he's a a dime a dozen, you know, kind of guy. But you you knew as soon as he left and as soon as you got rid of McLeod, it ended up being one of those, all right, who are we getting for our fourth line? Like, you knew what players we needed. As, yeah. As opposed to, right? So, look. But we didn't lose anybody. Everybody's got another year of experience. And all of our RFAs got, like, bridge deals, right? There's no UFAs. We got Jack coming up next year, which the fact that we drafted Luke. his brother. Yeah. Um, I You have to think he has to get a deal done, right? You don't well, I don't know if you saw the comments. They asked him about, they asked Jack about his brother's deal in Vancouver. Potential deal, right? They haven't, he hasn't yeah. signed anything yet? No, he's an RFA. And he's like, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. I guess when you're like a sucky team, Jack. you don't want to keep your good players. Mr. Jack, keep keep it in your pants, man. <laughs> Do not comment on other teams being sucky because look in the mirror, right? Yeah. Look well, in the mirror, bud. I think he's hardcore lobbying to have his brother come. Okay, so so let's talk about Quinn then for like a really quick second, right? He he can he whatever contract offer Vancouver puts on the table, whether it could be a million years and ten bazillion dollars, he can uh, say no, play out this year and go to UFA, right? 
No, I'm pretty sure he's an RFA this year. Like he can't play until he has a contract. So, so what does he do? Go, hey, just give me a one-year deal and let's prove it. Yeah, but I think he would still be an RFA. Even after, the- like, it's not like it used to be because of his age or games played. It's not like we're all right. I'm an RFA. If I sign a one-year deal, I'll be a UFA next year. I think it's till you reach this certain age, you are an RFA. So we'd have to trade for him. We would have to trade, and and that would be a a massive trade. Yeah, so you can't do that. Like you, you can't. Not that he. We, not that he we can't do that until PK is gone. You can't. You can't tamper with it. Either he, it's not tampering. It's in the family. They're sitting at a dinner table, and Fitzy just happened to be there on a Zoom call. Just put the put the, you know, phone on speaker. Put it on the table and forget about. It. You put the phone. Yeah, down. hypothetically speaking, yes. Quinn, if you wanted to come play for the Devils, for what would your number be? Times what? Right. We we saw how good um, a offer sheet uh, was this off season with a twenty dollars signing bonus. Awesome, awesome. That the league needs more of this. It creates heroes and villains out of the same people. But it's Carolina. Doesn't matter. Like They're a like villain the, now. Like in, the, if the Rangers did it, what's going to happen? Yeah, the Rangers did it for Joe Sakic. Back in the day, they did it for Kakniemi, who is nowhere on the same solar system as Joe Sackett. But it's awesome. It makes it. It's good for hockey. Until yeah. somebody okay, does so it to Jack Hughes. Exactly. So on the one hand, you go, okay, offer sheet, boom, Quinn Hughes. Um, the moment you hit send to his agent, you got to go, Jack. What do you want? Right. Here's the deal. Right. Here's yeah. Your, you can't do that till January 1st, though. Here's your seven year. De- your, here's your seven year handshake deal at money. Would you sign it? Yeah. Spit in the hand and shake like men. I'll tell you what. I go to him. I go to Jack and I go, giving you the same deal as Nico. You're getting eight times seven and a half or seven times seven and a half. And if he goes, yes, go call your brother. And tell him I'll give him the same deal. Because Vancouver doesn't basically have any money, right? No, they don't. It's, it's either sign him or sign Pedersen. Let's, let's let's not get let's not get amped up. But then we're losing picks, and what if we're horrible again? And also, where does he fit? Who do you take out of the lineup now? Siegenthaler. So now who's on that third line? Severson, third pairing. Severson and Supan. Smith and Quinn. Look, you want to be the Yankees or the NHL? Let's go. Yeah, well, it only lasts for so long. I know. That See, is- uh, and then and then next season when Wood is up and Zaka's is back up again and Brat's up. And- <laughs> yeah. And, and we're signing a whole bunch of. Uh, Unless you're Tampa, and then you tell them they're injured for the yeah. season, you Bryce Salvador them. So and yes. give them a TV job. And now speaking of Bryce Salvadoring, right? Travis Zajac signs a one-day deal, retired New Jersey Devil, which was out of the blue. Um, I was the, I was happy when I listened to the uh, what do you want to call it? like a retirement Zoom call. I, I don't I don't know the Zoom thing right now with with players that are like interviewing and retiring. It's just weird. It's like it, yeah, it, it I'll take the Zoom call over the guy with the hockey stick with the microphone taped to it. 
after games where it's like, how do you feel about? Um, he was a good player for us. I, I know we text about it. He's definitely not retirement. I mean, uh, retired number. He's definitely not ring of honor. Why not ring of honor? Or ring of didn't, honor he didn't, like he never won a cup. Never won a cup. He was never up for any major award. So would you say the same thing about Parisi? Yeah. He left. <laughs> he left. He wasn't traded. He left. So did um, uh, so did Niedermeyer, right? He left. Yeah, but he won the cups. So that kind of erases. So And he won more cups after. That doesn't help us. It doesn't help us, but if you're looking at a person whose number should be retired, that's one of them. Yeah, I mean, I think you were right with the next ring of honor person sergeant. Sh- should be Breland. And I wouldn't even feel bad if it was like Driver or McLean. McLean. Yeah, you have that history, so that's that, that's all good. Um, so I, I liked listening to the call um, when it came about as to, you know, if he wanted to play another year. Yeah, they offered him. And he basically said that the only team I would have played for are the New Jersey Devils. So that's when, like, I guess towards the end of the season, Fitzgerald reached out or to his agent, and his agent was like, like, give him a call. It's like an agent is telling a GM to give the player a call. Anywho, right? So he gets, so he talks about that. Lamarillo contacts him and says, you know, another one-year deal. And he basically told Lou, I appreciate it, but the only team that I'd sign a contract for would be the Devils or its retirement. Like, how would you feel about that? Like, hearing that. Turning down Lou? Lou probably made the comment like, well, I'm glad you made your decision, you know, that you weren't forced into this decision. Know that you were wanted. And I'm glad that you've come to this yourself. And it seems like based on that, yeah, Lou, you know, Lou. Lifetime movie video that they put out with Zay Jack. I, I, dude, I cried. I, I teared, man. I'm looking at that going, ha, ha, ha. And I'm that he, he, wants to, he wants to live in New Jersey. Like, he's not going to be like, all right, I'm going back to Winnipeg, guys. See ya just um it, it makes you feel better I, I don't know if that's the right adjective to use but to hear a guy basically state hey it's either you or nothing and the you ended up being the devils it just makes you feel like all right right yeah but then you think back to the comments he made when he got traded to the islanders that he was like the oldest guy in the room and and then you, and then I'd like to hear that full thing in context, right? Like, and I want to hear his tone. I want, right? Like, I didn't listen to it because, like, on the surface, like, ew, right? You, you went, you back, went back to your high school days and going, ew, yeah. when you heard it, ew. Right? <laughs> as if. But I, I'm happy to hear that he chose us, one, to retire, and two, being like a front office dude whether it be scouting, whether it be helping with the kids ranks or across the state. And now he's not, he's going to, he's going to be, I mean, he was a smart player. He's definitely going to start off as a scout. Uh, I personally, if I'm the devils, I use him as a scout for NHL players that are going to be UFAs that you're targeting. 
because he's played against them. He knows exactly, you know, their streaks, their strengths and weaknesses. And then when it comes time to sign one of these guys, you go, hey, look, New Jersey's a great place to live. I could have went back to Vancouver after I retired. I've got more than enough money. You know, let me show you what New Jersey's really like, as opposed to people just thinking it's that dump across the river from New New York. And that may be true, but from a hockey perspective, right? (laughs) Um, So I'm happy that he's back back in the fold, kind of like a Marty deal, um, which is fine. No big whoop. I mean, again, I'd like to really hear the full uh, full interview. I look at Travis Ajak as vanilla ice cream. Just nothing exciting, but it's still good. That's the way I see him. Uh, let's see what else. We lost Butcher Will Butcher. Yeah. Is that a slap in the face going, you stunk so much, you didn't fit in so much. Here, go to the worst team in the league. For nothing. Not, for basically nothing. <laughs> For future considerations. Dude, we retained salary. We retained yeah. salary. Yeah, but he wasn't making that much anyway. And he was making like three mil, and we, we did a good chunk of it. All right, so we kept a million dollars. But he, uh, he, I don't think he ever progressed in the way. And if you look at it, him, VZ, uh, who's the other one? Kerfoot. Like, they've never really progressed into what we thought, you know, this college superstar Hobie Baker winners would turn into. And I think it will, and I also think it's one of those, you putting that type of pressure on young kids, and they, like, the moment they flop, it's like they're done. Yeah, well, that's every sport. So Every sport. I I think, well, and, and for our case probably specifically with Butcher. Who have we had as a defensive coordinator? Yeah. Okay, so that plays some type of role. I, and I'll say that till the day he's de- gone. Till he's not here, yeah. Look, I we, agree. We we have veterans on D now, so, like, it, it's probably going to be better. He'll probably start saying stuff, and, like, Hamilton and Graves will look at him going, shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we'll do it this way. But... Yeah. That's also an issue that we could talk about after training camp because now you're adding essentially three new guys on the defense that have to learn our defensive strategy or lack thereof. So it, it might be a little rough off the get-go. Well, who's three? Oh, that, well, Siegenthaler really didn't play a hell of a whole lot. Uh, there's that other guy that we got from San Jose that I totally Oh, Jaros. Yeah. Who's also like six foot five, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. The theme going on. All right. So he didn't even pop up on the devil's uh roster or calf organizational organizational roster. (laughs) The devils even forgot they traded for him at that Chase Nolan Foot, Ryan Graves, AJ Dada. Andres Johansson, Kulkinen, McLeod, Severson, Siegenthaler, Marion Studenick, Thomas Tatar's on there, Thompson's on there. Tice. Yeah. He's not on this list. So, so before, right. before we move on to the whole big stuff, I, I, we, I think we already went over the free agent or trade candidates and that kind of stuff. But from what you saw in the prospects games against the Boston prospects, do you have hope? of Utica being 
a legit stepping stone like to the NHL with the kids that we have. Like they're in good hands to be able to. It all, to the yeah, I, step I think it all depends on how Kevin Deneen is he getting to coach his own style, or does he have to coach Lindy Ruff's style? He was associated with Lindy at some point, wasn't he? No, uh, he probably played for him played one point him. or another. Or played with him. So you figure there's got to be some type of structure, right? But, to, to yeah, you have to keep it from one to the other. But if he gets to play his own style, then I would say it looks bright. But then again, we don't know who's going to be down there. Well, what know. if Holtz and Mercer get called up? You know, it's did it's anyone, one of those. Did anyone else from those games stand out, or was it just the top three and that was it? Ball stood out. I mean, maybe because he's nine foot three. Uh, Ball stood out, and Walsh stood out. Okay, so two defensemen in the pipe. So a line, a line stood out. But Holtz has got a real deal shot. Like he's got an NHL shot. I wonder who we lose when he's got to make his debut. Like, you know, who gets hurt? No, not even who's who leaves and whose spot does he take? Right, like, does he take Wood's spot, or do they extend Wood for on a, on a bridge? You know, I, uh, I, I start talking about him January first and say, "What do you want?" And if he goes a million dollars over more than what he's asking now, all right, have fun in San Jose, buddy. <laughs> all right, so we move on to some NHL news and notes. Um, you have a topic here of what is your best or worst free agent signing. I'll I'll say best and worst. I'll say Hamilton. I'll say Hamilton because you had to overpay, right? And Hamilton—that's the worst part. The best part is the fact that we got Hamilton because he was the number one fish, and we got the number one fish. Right. I think also I, the bad part too is simply because what you had to overpay. It was Dougie Hamilton, and and he's been on what ten teams in ten years, kind of thing. Yeah, that's. And like, oh, oh, and. and it's it's funny that all the saltiness that came out of Carolina, and for some stupid reason that uh, uh, the reporter guy from um, Boston, Jimmy something or other, Jimmy Murphy, the saltiness that An came Irish from guy Bo- in Boston, those those from from that guy and Carolina being oh, Dougie Hamilton, huh? you overpay, yeah, you're gonna regret that in a year, eh? And I'm sitting there going, why is is Bo- are you are you salty in Boston because you lost out on another person? Meanwhile, you signed. Oh, they weren't going after him. Meanwhile, you signed Taylor Hall for what? Yeah, you signed you signed Taylor Hall play. to play with with uh, David Krejci. And Krejci goes to the and Kings and he retires. <laughs> so good luck, Boston. Your your clock is ticking. CM Punk is looking at his watch for you. <laughs> so what do you think the best and worst are? I wouldn't say Hamilton's the best because I think the Flyers. When they got Ryan Ellis was a good pickup for them, although that wasn't a signing. Who was the other guy they got? I know they got Keith Yandel for like nothing. I think the Flyers are better defensively now. Um, I think the worst one is anybody that the Rangers got. <laughs> they traded who? Uh, um, Pavel Buchnevich? Or what the hell is his name? Sammy Blaze, which, yeah, he was good. I mean, he's he's a solid 
Blake Coleman type kind of player. And then they got Ryan Reeves strictly for for Wilson. And and like I mentioned in here in the prep, I go Tom Wilson now living rent free in the Rangers yeah. head because rent the only free. players they signed were fourth line meat hooks. Which I'm, whatever, to each his own. That's you know? And, all right, so do you do you put um do you put him the GM on the hot seat already? <laughs> Who Chris Drury? No, because yeah. this isn't his team. This was Gordon's team, you know, and he's Gordon's team wasn't bad. No, they weren't. They were what on the cusp of playoffs. I don't understand but why you could have you could have bulked up without getting rid of Buchnevich, who they weren't going to be able to afford him, and uh, Zajinabad and Lafreniere when he's ready and. And Capo. So they weren't going to, they had to make choices. And I guess the way they look at it is Lafreniere and Capo are going to take that next step. Good for them. Good for <laughs> cool. Them. Uh, Zach Ronaldo of the Blue Jackets um, has been ex nay on the training campaign. <laughs> Management has told him, go away, do not come here. You're not welcome here because you you are not vaccinated. You get nothing. You lose. You Good can, day, sir. You can go to the AHL training camp if you so wish. And then I thought amongst a lot of people going, it's, it's nice that they think so highly and safely of the AHL team that they want to send the guy who's not vaccinated there. Uh, he's not, did he sign a contract or is he on a PTO? No, I think he signed a contract. I think he's there. He wasn't going to make it out of their fucking minor league team anyway. He's been in the league forever, and he's a goon. So he's not really necessary. What is, what is your, um, I guess, op- opinion uh, <clears throat> with the vaccination status um, from the league? Down that you have to have it to be around to play? Yes. I agree. I, I, I go back to the a place of business has set up rules in their HR manual, and this is one of them. The players' union signed off on it, right? Because it wouldn't have happened without their yay. Yep. Right? So, what is it, like 99 point whatever percent of the players in the league are going to be, and the handful that aren't, like, they get it. They get why. I guess there's some valid excuse for why not. But If you're paying me $27 million and you tell me I just have to get a shot to keep collecting it, I will, I will take 17 of them in each arm. I I just don't, it's, it's a, it's a business, right? It is, but this is a, a global political topic that. It just it just makes news because everybody blew up about it, and I just sit there and I go, "A business made a rule, and you don't want to follow the rule." Well, then yeah. you don't. Well, I don't feel like wearing pants, so or underwear. So should I just be able to do what I want and walk no into pants, McDonald's? No shoes. No. Fees, no service. Uh, <laughs> no dice. Nope. Uh, Blue Jackets also signed their goaltender, uh-huh. Elvis. I'm not going. Merz Lickens. Sure. A five-year, twenty-seven million-dollar contract extension. It's a good goalie. Their team is going to be dog shit without Seth Jones and 
everybody else. But what happens to um, uh, Patrick Lyman? Do you think he's just like, I'll play out the one year coach and I'm out? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe he gets his chance because uh, Torts is out. Isn't Torts on TV now? Yeah, I think he went to ESPN. Yeah, that's a good one. Congratulations, ESPN. You got yourself a Mike Miller. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'll be anywhere near as controversial. No, especially on TV. Yeah. yeah. But he's a good goalie. I mean, I put him on par with uh, with Blackwood. Minnesota Wild, right before we kind of went on air, finally re-signed their restricted free agent. Finally. Uh, five years, $45 million. That's nine average. He has a thriller. Krilla is in the house. He has a full no trade the last two years of the deal. Well, I'll tell you what. Good for Bill Guerin because Bill Guerin's been. He's like, he's like, I don't give a shit. Don't come. Go play in Russia. Yeah. Bill Guerin's my kind of guy. Yeah, he is not the sharpest knife in the kitchen, though. If you've ever listened to him speak, every other word is a. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great game. Uh, uh... Mushmouth, what do you want? <laughs> Parisi and Chara to the old island. Parisi. Cause, both cause good pickups. His grandpa's there, Chara, because he started there. Yeah, both good pickups. I mean, if you look at the Islanders the last, what, three years, they're building. They're, you know, building momentum. They're building a, a building. reputation. They're building a building. Uh, they just, if you look at their roster, I don't think they have anybody on there that's won a cup. Is Nope, Letty's not there anymore. He went out to, he went out to Detroit, right? Yeah. Uh, Chuck's not there anymore. But Parisi made a final or two, right? With us. A final. So Char is your guy. Char so you bring him. you bring him in to be that leadership, especially with the Islanders having young defense. You know, you have Parisi in there for their young forwards, their Kiefer Bellows, and uh, who's not the for, other not, guy? Not that's the young guy, Kyle Palmieri. Did he sign with Kyle, them? Kyle, yes. And so did Schneider on a two-way deal. That's, I mean... I have no issue with that. I mean, I think Palmieri and Parisi on each other's wing with a, a center who can get them the puck, they're going to be able to put in 20 goals. I don't think Parisi's washed up. I just, I wouldn't have wasted a roster spot for us on the Devils for him, for, him, for a guy on the end of his career. Now, let's say fates are, you know, in our favor and we're good in the Islanders suck. And they want to try to get rid of him, give him a chance. Third round pick? Less than that. Fourth round pick? Keep going, buddy. Maybe maybe we'll trade our future considerations from Buffalo. Yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to watch how they how they play in their new arena too, right? The yeah, new barn. They're not. I think they're first like. Yeah, it's in like November. 12 games or something, just like us. Hey, Lamar, hey, Lamarillo knows all too well, right? How to make a schedule so that we uh, play on the road for 12 games and then come back. Anything's got to be better than Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn at. Yeah. 
not in the hockey market anymore. Mm. You mentioned here better signing Seth Jones, Dougie Hamilton. I'm going to say Seth Jones. I, I really do because uh, Chicago just put themselves back into a picture. They have with the with the goalie Mark Andre Fleury and Seth Jones. They put themselves right back into a potential Stanley Cup final run. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about a Stanley Cup. It all the, there's there's a lot of what ifs in Chicago. Like, is Seth Jones going to really drastically change that defense right now? I mean, name me another defenseman on Chicago right now. Seabrook retired. Right? Nope. No, yep. he's gone, right? Okay. Yep. Exactly. Duncan Keith went nope. to, to Edmonton. Edmonton, but via trade. Okay. Yeah. I don't exactly. Know. I don't know from last year, so. so, then you go, name me three forwards that are not named Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves or Alex Dabrinkit. I probably couldn't even name you Dabrinkit. So, you, you look at, I mean, and I'm sure people could do the same with the Devils. Like, name me, who's the Devils starting goalie? If you're not watching us every day, who the fuck is my Mackenzie Blackwood? You know, like, you might know Nico. You probably know Hughes. Well, he's our GQ cover boy this season. Yeah. But other than that, like, who's the better signing? I think long run, it's us because our potential is higher than Chicago's. I, mean, I think that the arc of the kids getting to that spot where um, Fitzgerald wants it to be and, like, Dougie Hamilton's, like, prime, they're, like, on a, on a that, that little... The same trajectory. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I never liked Seth Jones to begin with, so I'm not really high on him to begin with. I, I didn't really like Dougie Hamilton either, but he's on my team. So it's a, as they said in Major League Two, I used to hate Parkman when he was in Chicago. It's amazing how a New Jersey changes your perspective on a player. He's still a dick. <laughs> I, I love Parkman. How's your wife and my kids? Yeah, I don't know how Seth Jones squeezed Columbus to just trade him to Chicago. Like his brother's there. Oh, there's another player for Chicago. Yeah, but like, right? Like he had no right. I mean, Columbus could have traded him anywhere. He could trade him to New Jersey, right? What 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 caused them to to get squeezed like that? Did he have a no movement clause? I don't think so. But he went to Manchester. Or did he have a? Or did he have like a? You know, limited trade. No, I don't think so. I think he just went to management and goes, I want to play for Chicago. Get it done. And he was like, okay. Like, I, they got Jesper Boquist's brother oh, we can send in that, that trade. Then we can send the other Boquist over there. They can have a whole family party. And we can, yeah. have, the, we can have the New Jersey Hughes. <laughs> the New Jersey Hugheses. 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 Did you see? Did you see that they asked the NHL guys to draw their logo? Yeah. Ours is the easiest logo, and he still screwed it up. Oh, they did it to Michael Rupp, Mike Rupp on NHL Tonight, too. And he uh, he came up with – he's like, I know there's a line right here that makes the N. It's the N, and the, the slash goes into the J, and the bottom of the J turns into the tail. And the top of the J, it's not flat, it's horns. Come on. I've been drawing this thing since I was like six. Yeah. 
Muslim living in the Fed. So yeah, what, we kind of what do you talked. honestly think is going on in Buffalo's head with regards to Jack Eichel? It's I think they have what they want. They have, look, we, from what I read and from 31, two thoughts, uh, they want essentially four first rounders, whether it be someone who was drafted in the first round or a pick, they want four first rounders. They want someone that's in the lineup that was a first rounder. They want a draft, a first round draft pick. They want a prospect that was a first rounder and then another first round pick. He's a good player. I don't know if he's especially a player that you're going to trade for him, like you said, and he's going to request neck surgery and be out for five months. And that, well, I've, I've listened to the doctor who wants to do the surgery. I listened to his interview and he said, you know, I've had players, I guess football players have done this surgery depending on their position. He goes, I've had guys that have had pain in their neck, you know, the numbness in their fingers and toes and all this stuff. And they've had the surgery and the next day, everything, they felt fine. And within a week they were light training. Wow. That's hello. Essentially what they're doing is they take out the, the herniated disc and they put, they don't fuse the neck. Like we think, like Austin surgery, they put, I guess it's like a, like a pad that kind of goes and then the bone fuses around that pad. Right. So, it's so that it keeps into yeah. buffer. So it's not two bones grinding against each other or on the nerve, as opposed to the Austin fusing where they take the bones that are there, shave them down and then fuse it together so that you can't turn your head and you, but you never drop a beer when someone throws it to you. <laughs> Speaking of throwing <clears throat> beers, uh, Evander Kane. Oh. <laughs> Where's Jerry Springer when you need him? Yeah, he, this is really like, if they did, if they did the Vegas end of the year show, the award show, I would have loved to have like Ricky Gervais be the host and him just be like, where's Evander Kane? Oh, he's at the craps table. <laughs> or, you know, is he going to win? You know, like betting on it or something, like making a joke. The league doesn't want that. But I guess the investigation is really like hit a snag because the woman who made these accusations is not available. Like she doesn't want to talk to the NHL. Not okay, that that's a big sign right there. You don't want to cooperate after putting that crap. But I mean, like that. if you read the stories, his that he paid some woman two million dollars to have a schmishmorshin and like, man. You know, when crazy loves crazy, go go yeah. for it. But you know what? To accuse somebody of betting on hockey, true or not, whatever. And then word coming out from the locker room, and like we don't want him back. Yeah, I think he's just a. I don't want to say a cancer. I just think he's a negative energy. Black cloud for a team. Yeah. Yeah, 
and any uh, who's going to take him this is what his third well if you count atlanta but this is his third team that the team has basically said i don't like he was in winnipeg and dustin bufflin basically pushed him out of fucking town now we went to buffalo and buffalo was like this guy's fucking sucks and then now the sharks don't want him it's a shitty situation because if if you're um, if you're San Jose, right? What do you do? You buy him out? Do you put him on waivers? Right. You buy him out. That's that's big money. That's a big money because he just signed like a new. Yeah, and, if, and he's a he's a productive player. He led them in scoring. He had, he had his best season. You, as far as him throwing games, one player, unless it's a goalie, can't really make that kind of an impact in a game. Unless maybe the NHL is going like, okay, you're, you're like, however you do, you're betting on your own team, like a Pete Rose kind of situation, kind of thing in baseball. Uh, I think Gary Bat- Gary Batman um, heard that. In his you can't do that. It yeah. says it right there in your standard player contract. <laughs> I love when Gary visits our show. It's, <laughs> it's great to be here, Chuck. Chuck. Uh, Glendale, Arizona tells the Coyotes scoot. Get their funk out of here. One step closer to Houston. One step closer. If they go to Houston, you gotta go with what the NFL team did. You gotta go Houston Oilers. <laughs> no, we already have an Oilers team. We can't have two Oilers. Then we'll be the Canadian football team with two Rough Riders. Oilers. <laughs> what is he? Yes. So there's your uh, there's your NHL news. Right? I'm sure they'll. We're missing some, but yes. You know what time it is? It's wrestling. You know it's all about the power. One of the hottest songs on iTunes, or is iTunes still a thing? Apple Music. The dude who does this music, he did. You watch the um, all-out pay-per-view, right? Yeah, I saw the debut. Who's the the um, the dude who came out and rapped for um, Penta and um, and Ray Phoenix and all that kind of stuff. The two guys, the one guy who started, the English guy, because the one guy just rapped in Spanish. The English guy, that's the music dude. That's the Jimmy Hart of AEW. And he's the dude who put this music together. It's awesome. I read uh, talking about all of debuts, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, uh, but with uh, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, that they wanted to use Final Countdown because that's what he used when he was in in Indies. And Europe said... Oh, you can use it for $100,000. You can only use it 20 times a year. Like, yeah, no, that doesn't really work considering we're on 52 weeks a year plus pay-per-views. So that's why they went with the, uh, the yes flight of the Valkyries or. Yeah. The flight of the Valkyries flipped into some kind of like, um, that, that Max Caster would rap to. But obviously, the the big debut is punk. I mean, actually, I mean they're they're all kind of all of them are. 
Um, and you still have to think that there is maybe what three more. Oh, I can think of two: Braun and Bray. Who's the third? Lana. Mirror keeps dropping. <laughs> the sexual innuendos. I'm guarding to bang my wife. <laughs> I'm going to beat you. I'm yeah. Like, it's a good angle. God's favorite wrestler. Somebody should have thought of that a long time ago. But the, the, my, the most favorite thing. Okay. So they did the whole. So we can go like one by one. CM Punk in Chicago. I swear to God, I heard three riffs from from Cult of Personality, and I didn't hear anything else after. Yeah. That's how loud it got on TV. It's it's on par with Jericho's, cool, yeah. which is Jericho's debut. It, it's definitely on par with that. Um, when you had... Um, and the funny thing about Adam Cole is to hear Jim Ross being hip. <laughs> it's, Adam it's Adam Cole, Cole baby. Well, he may, maybe he wasn't saying baby. Maybe it was just the way his... <laughs> No, he said it, baby. It's Parkinson's mouth, <laughs> or whatever he has, Bell's I, palsy. I, I, I love that. Okay, the other part with this too, with um, with Ruby Soho debuting. Okay, the fact that she knows the band Rancid, and Rancid convinced her into using the name Ruby Soho, and in turn using Ruby Soho as a theme song. It's awesome. Like, and they're like, it's smart. Go ahead, use it. Um, go ahead. People don't remember us anyway, so no, no, we'll. I, I heard Ruby Soho, and it, I saw like the vignettes. By the way, have you watched any of the vignettes that? It was like her on a subway holding a ticket, and that's what the WWE used to do to oh, to how, intro people. How could you drop the ball? Yeah, like Razor Ramon, right? When he was sitting outside of his car in, in Florida with the toothpick in his mouth and the the fucking Amazon. Hey yo. <laughs> Now the dude can't even walk those stairs. Anyway, um, yeah, punk's music it lasted three chords. I didn't hear a damn thing. The the fact that when Ruby Soho comes out, the fifteen thousand people are singing Rancid Ruby Soho along with that. I mean, it's a great idea. I mean, if you're a wrestler, if that's what you want. Yeah. And and all four of these debuts, you you watch their facial expressions when it hits them, like punk, it hit him. You saw his face go. Oh, yeah. Like, I think his legs kind of gave out. Like, I know he does the whole get on his knees and, you know. No, he I, th I think he, I think it was one of those, like, holy shit moments for him. Like, and Ruby Soho, when her music hit and everybody was screaming, or everybody was screaming for her before the, the joke card came out. And the first close up shot that you had of her face is she had the look of, holy shit. And then gave one of those deep breaths and goes, "Okay, I have to remember my move sets." <laughs> yeah, and even even with Adam, like I think people expected at the end of that pay per view for Daniel Bryan first, Daniel Bryan to come out, and then when Adam Cole came out, everyone's like, "Oh shit, they're putting the band back together." And then the only problem I had was that I think they they squeezed in Daniel too Bryan's. much. Yeah. Like they squeezed it in at the end, and it just didn't jive. Because like he he's running out there, and he's he's with Christian, he's with Jurassic Express, and everything. And I sit there and I go, Th that's who he's starting with. Like, like I, I don't like. 
and I don't I didn't understand what the storyline was when it was him looking you know looking down the face of Adam Cole. It's like okay, that's how you're gonna start it, and then they flip it, right? So that now what? It's him and Omega, which wrestling people all over the world are like holy shit. Yeah, um, it's 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 it would be exciting. Um, I just feel like when it comes to with him going right after Omega, is it for the title tomorrow or is it just simply a wrestling match? I, I thought it was I, just a wrestling match, considering what AEW does, right? You right, that's where I was just going. Like the whole like the wins mean something, and that wait a minute, just him and Christian just get thrown right into a title match. Like the Christian thing was pushed too quick too. Like, and, and the, I think the bad part about all of it was that I think it got screwed up because Adam Page, um, he was having his kid, right? He was taking time off, but they kept making him win and win, and 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 he had like a perfect record. And then they had to he had, they had to beat him down so that he could take time off to be with. Oh, the classic, classic wrestling. <sighs> And now he comes back yeah, so now, now he's and goes for the title. And does he come back as a face or does he come back as no. a heel? Does he come back and go right after Adam Cole? I think that if I can plan this all out, right? It right. Adam Cole's lurking. If if you watched everything that the elite have done, right? It's been the Good Brothers, it's been the um Young Bucks, it's been Omega, Don Callis, and then Adam Cole. Every time Adam Cole talks, it's him, the Bucks, and Omega. He skips out every single time. Even on social media, I've seen it. Like somebody drew a picture of like when the Young Bucks and Omega like they were like, kissing his cheeks, and Omega was on top of it. They took that picture and somebody drew it like artistically, right? Like like pencil and all that stuff. He leaves out the Good Brothers. So there's a thing there, right? I have a feeling that it's going to be Adam Cole is that cancer inside the elite. So that it becomes Cole and the Bucks. It gets to a point where Page takes on Omega. Adam Cole screws Omega over. Boom, there you go. The elite split, right? So it's the Bucks and, and Cole. It's the Good Brothers and Omega. There's your feud there for a while. And hope to God that lasts till about January 2022 when Kevin Steen leaves. I'm I'm sorry, the artist formerly known as what was his name? I keep forgetting. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. <coughs> I'm already like planning out names. Kevin Steen shows up. That's maybe your fourth. Owens. Yeah, but wasn't Wyatt. that Hangman Page in the Bullet Club too? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he was in the Bullet Club too. I think there were there were a couple other guys that are now in impact. Because they're doing like a Bullet Club thing over there too. So, and then you had Finn Balor. Which he's never leaving. Yes, he is. When? When's his contract up? Because that Ooh. would be a bigger freaking story too. When he leaves. Because Look, you, you give him the title, he gets hurt. Not his fault, he got hurt. And then what do you do? He comes back and you bury him. I, I think with AEW... Not everybody needs the title, right? No. You don't need to give Punk. You don't need to give Daniel Bryan. You can give Adam Cole, right? Because if you if you do a, a pedestal, that Adam Cole's at the bottom, right? You don't need Jericho. Omega doesn't need it. 
he's and they've done fine, right? You look at you look at Kenny Omega, how long he's been at it. You look at Jericho, and you look at um, <coughs> uh, Moxley, right? Every time that they've won the title, they held it for a certain amount of time, and they held the company steady. And everything happened underneath and things like that, and they dropped the title to the next thing, and everything stayed stayed. Does MJF the need it? Um, I think for to me, MJF needs to have that slow, slow build. You don't worry about the FT, FTW title with that Taz crap. I, I don't. I don't understand how they recognize the belt, but it's not part of the overall thing. Because I think once that happens, Taz is like AEW for life. Because they have to. It's his belt, right? And I don't even remember the FTW. Um, I remember an ECW. Was it really an ECW t- belt? Okay. Yeah. So there you go. So that's that's one thing, right? The MJF needs that slow build where it's he's he. He ends up doing like a Goldberg kind of thing underneath. Boom, he gets the TV title. Or not TV title, the TNT title. The TV title. Right. Um, and that's for a little while. And then it gets up to a point where whether you want to end the pinnacle and um, the inner circle where for some stupid reason Jericho gets the belt back at some point for like a short amount of time to do this angle where then MJF finally beats him to either retire him or what have you and then go on from there and then you can go with the Adam Cole you can go with the Daniel Bryan you can go with the punks all that kind of See, stuff. I think you go with I think Daniel Bryan gets the title next. You got to be Adam Page. Just it, it's got to be. All right. So fine, a face. Adam Page gets it. And that's where you bring in MJF. Because MJF winning the title elevates him i mean he's already the best heel but it elevates him and it's like Britt baker right where he all now he becomes a tweener where people are going to be cheering for him it's going to be like when the rock became the champion after the nation and everybody kind of was like yeah you know he was a dick but he's kind of funny and he's kind of good and and i was gonna say rick flair hello (sighs) we'll get to that in a bit um i i don't MJF will never be a face. He can't. No, he can't. He can't, he can't be. He's too good of a heel. The f- but the fact if you you want to keep that, what the hell, the pinnacle, you have him go. You have Page win the title, and then you have MJF go after him, and then you have the Dark Order versus the inner the the pinnacle. But and that elevates the Dark Order. And you. Ha- you have to, like, you have to talk to to Bray Wyatt. You have to talk to him and go, dude. We need you. You go to Impact Wrestling, you're gonna get lost. You want to practice stuff? Do it in a mirror. You have to come here because it's a perfect. Just like how Big E won the title on Monday, or two Mondays ago, whatever it was, um, and then when he did his speech, uh, what's it? Yesterday. <coughs> And he just said basically everybody here, and then there's one person up above. That that whole that that was pretty cool. But the perfect person to replace Brody Lee is Bray Wyatt. Right, and then he brings in the other one. Uh, I don't know if Eric will. Nah, you see, honestly, you know how everybody says oh, they're being too much WWE. That's too much WWE. Let let him be that cult leader for that group. Because if you if you look at it right, there's a bunch of tag teams in there, right? You got Evil Uno could be like that that TNT title-y kind of guy. Cole Cabana is just a squash. Um, 
you you got to bring him in. And just look at what's happened with Ruby Soho, what's happened with Daniel Bryanson, what's happened to Punk, right? The storylines, the way that I look at CM Punk with all the stuff he's been doing, and my brain is going, that's not Punk. That doesn't sound like him. That, and then I think, well, shit, this is him not scripted. This right. is none of you. How many times did you hear Daniel Bryan say shit? Literally, yeah. the word shit. And then, and then, what is it? Um, TN, uh, uh, what is it? TNT, whatever their main account was. You fucked up. They were. Uh, they edited it out. No, they 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 tweeted something. Well, how many times can you say the word shit with the I with the asterisk in it? How many times can you say it on live TV? I'm like, wow, they're playing into the bit. But you look at how these guys can be natural, right? It's per- that's like absolutely perfect for anybody in the WWE who's just fed scripts. You know who? Yeah. Would, you know who would fail in AEW? And and I'm not saying this. Roman Reigns. Yes, because Seth Rollins. Maybe maybe Seth. I mean, may, he might be able to get over enough because it's Seth Rollins, right? But Seth freaking Rollins. Just the way that they are free to—I'm sure they're given talking points. I'm sure Tony uh, Khan's just like, "Here, you talk about this stuff and riff. Go for it. We'll pay the fines." <laughs> you go back to the Attitude Era: Austin, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, The Rock, Jericho, Edge, and Christian—all of those super popular guys. You would believe that. That's their persona. That's who they are. I mean, The Rock is, from all accounts, everybody says is the fucking nicest guy on the planet. But when he was the corporate rock or the the heel or the tweener rock, you'd be like, he's making all this shit up as he's in the ring. There's YouTube videos on when he goes off script. Yeah. It's It's awesome. Same thing with Austin. Same thing with, I mean, Triple H is a little more structured. I think he's one of those guys that needs to know, all right, it's going to be A, then you're going to say B, then I'm going to say C. But, but he, can, he can act it well. I just, I, I look at... Nobody has head. that other than Kevin Owens. Oh, my God. And maybe Sami Zayn. Those are the only two that I feel like it's natural. Yeah. Can you imagine? Anybody who says, uh, all AEW is just taking W. You know what AEW is doing? Yeah, but they're using them right. They're right. They're taking these guys who are uber popular, like Daniel Bryant, right? He even put out a thank you letter to the WWE Universe. I was like, that's pretty cool. He he's recognizing, yeah, I came here. You you made me bigger, right? Because I can't say made because he was made on the, made in the Indies, right? You made me bigger, and now I'm onto different stuff. So thank you. Yeah, you it's... you take a Bray Wyatt, you take a Kevin Steen, you take a Sami Zayn, you take all these guys. And you basically say, what do you want your character to be? Let's mold it. Go do it. Yeah. It, it, the creativity of all, like even for, for Brody Lee. Yeah, he may have looked a little goofy, but then I, then again, I think he, you're doing, you, they were all wrestling outside in the humidity and they were sweating their nuts off two minutes into a match of a 10, 15 minute match, right? So, and he's wearing leather pleather pants. <laughs> okay, but all these guys that have a creative side to them, you're now giving them the freedom to do it with. And that's what's making this great. You look at someone like Daniel Bryan, right? 
nobody who that's sitting in a fan's going, oh my god, I want the yes chant. No, they're like, this guy is actually getting the credit now that he deserves, that he's that he made himself. Same thing with Punk. They're they're, they're taking their strengths and amplifying it for everybody, as opposed to the WWE taking your strength and amplifying it and hoping Vince likes it. Which never happens, and then he knocks you back down to what he wants. His cookie cookie. Until the fan starts screaming because they liked what they saw, whether it be the yes, the Daniel Bryan movement, or, you know, even Cena. You know, when they force-fed Cena and the crowd, you know, dun, dun, you suck, Cena suck. Like, that's that's what Vince wants. He doesn't care anymore about what the fans want it's is it loud does it sound loud i don't care if you're booing i don't care if you're i look at cheering i watched raw for a good portion of it i think i stopped when did i stop oh when um when that tag match happened or i didn't even watch it okay so like i've i've been watching it because i honestly want to give it a chance right i just i want to do a comparison right i, I haven't watched raw or smackdown and god knows how long okay so i'm starting to watch it over again on Monday, you had um, the New Day come out. Big E talk about winning a championship. Then giving a segue to that uh, Roman Reigns and the Usos, you know, they're going to have a you know, six-man tag tonight. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, you know the, the bloodline um, interrupts, go to commercial. Oh, look, now the match is happening. Yeah, that's stupid. Okay. And then... In the at the end of all that, Lashley comes out and then basically Goldberg spears everybody. Then goes in the back, goes in the back and bitches about you know this that and the other thing. And at the end of the night, they have a Lashley, they have a Roman Reigns, they have a Biggie, uh, you know, three uh, three hey, three way match, three way match. So now you have the same group of people at the beginning of your show, at the end of your show. And a handful of stuff in the like, like three or four things in the middle. Remember when it used to be like you were excited to watch, like you couldn't miss it at nine o'clock when it was nine to eleven. You couldn't miss it at nine o'clock because you knew that's when the good shit was like it was going to be a solid twenty minute cold opening with the Rock or whoever, and then it was going to be a woman's match, and you could switch over to WCW. Yeah. And then, oh, it's almost 10 o'clock. I got to turn it on to see what the fucking big picture is. It's not like that anymore. It's just like you watch it and you go, all right, this match is all right. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the title. This match is going to end in, let's see, a DQ because one of the Usos interfere. No, no, that'd be too easy to too. It's gonna end. And then Kevin Owens with, loses clean, and then you're like, "Now what did you just do to Kevin Owens?" Why? Yeah. Why have a guy lose clean who you're not really in a feud with to begin with? So any kind of push that he gets, you can get back up to a title shot and go, "No, you lost once already. Why do you deserve this?" The only the only angle I saw that they're building towards is the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns. Where's Paul Heyman? stand one name me a second one charlotte flair and alexis bliss 
it's it's good enough because Alexis is carrying on that Bray Wyatt thing. She does a good job at it, okay? But does Charlotte Flair get like 20,000 championships at this point? Yeah, I think she's going for her dad's record. I I just don't think and you, you, I, and I hope AEW doesn't run into the same problem of having too much talent and not enough time to show it. Like, think about how talented is Sammy Guevara. Guevara, yeah. And you haven't seen him for the last, what, month and a half? Unless he's doing dark or elevation matches or, or whatever. And now it looks like he's getting his push. Him and him and um, Miro. Which is fine. I, whatever. But, like, WWE, like, you just keep you fired force everybody. feeding. You fired everybody. You fired, right. you fired four people. Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, CM. Well, he didn't fire Adam Cole. He just said, fuck oh, you, I'm out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you let him go, right? You let four people go, right? There's at least one or two good storylines that you can do every six months, right? Like, you, you let go of all these people. All of these people. For what? So you can sell the company later? Look, the, the online dirt sheets have basically ruined... Um, surprises like when the nwo came oh out. yeah it sucks but the whole thing about that is right you knew cm punk was debuting in chicago you just knew it right there was just so much noise about it online you knew it was going to happen did you did you tune in yeah but i mean the days of uh, and i remember it like it was fucking yesterday the days of like watching raw or even smackdown back when it was taped on tuesday and it would be on whatever like thursday and I'd be, I remember going to like friends' house and watching and being like, oh man, I heard Goldberg's coming out tonight. And my buddy being like, yeah, no, <laughs> he's not coming out tonight. Here, this match is going to end in a count out. Like, and then finding out that all of this stuff was online, it was like finding out Santa wasn't real. <laughs> but it's still like you, you, you knew Daniel Bryan was showing up at a pay per view. Yeah, I thought it was going to be New York. I thought it was going to be this week. Either way, right? Like, let's just say he, he was supposed to debut t- t- tomorrow. Would you have watched tomorrow even though you knew it? Yeah. It's, I, I think the, the, the AEW fan is not stupid, and they're not marks. Right, and they don't treat the fans like idiots. It's You know, like, they sometimes when the obvious thing is going to happen and the WWE tries to hide it, Yes, where it's it it does the opposite effect, right? Where it's like, oh man, like yeah, I knew it was going to happen, and you kind of fucked me thinking it wasn't going to happen, and I didn't want to watch it because whatever. Well, like you said, with Punk, like we knew it was going to happen. They didn't try to sugarcoat it, sugarcoat it, or be like, like here it is, it might happen. You should probably watch. And we knew it was going to happen, and they 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 nailed it. Him, Brian, Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, they nailed it. The only one I would say they haven't haven't really nailed was Miro. Was Rusev? His debut kind of was lackluster. Yeah, him them having to do the whole best man thing is. It was rough to watch. Uh, I'll say so, that. 
where does Punk's debut rank? I don't put it. It's not above Jericho. Because again, that was maybe because that was a time when you didn't really know what that clock meant. How about this? How about we go? Uh, we'll, we'll give it. We'll give the way we can do this is not because you didn't know or you knew it was happening, but go off of wow factor. At three, I'll put Punk. Just because, yeah, seven years and this and that, and you know, he's older and you just didn't know what you were going to get. Um, two, I'll put NWO when Hall and Nash started coming out and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, just them, them alone, not the whole Hogan um, flipping to a heel. That, that, in Nash itself, the beach. that in itself is just who the hell would ever have thought of Hulk Hogan being a heel? Um, but Jericho has to be one because the countdown happened and WCW was hot enough. You knew the radicals, right? You knew who they were. Right. But him coming out like that, that was a hell of a intro to come out. That's the, the, the pinnacle, no pun intended. No, that, that's, that, it's true. Yeah, that, that definitely was the, the fact that MJF mocked it the other night. Oh, awesome. <clears throat> I, to me, as a 40 something year old watching wrestling, which is an oxymoron all in and by itself, I love hearing the callbacks, right? Yeah. Because I think it's written in there so that when they say it, it's, ha It throws it back to people who have been watching. And it's exactly what they, it's smart because you're lax wrestling fan. Right over there wants that wants that they want that like oh shit like he threw it back to wrestling but when he was like 13 yeah you know and it was one of those like oh all right yeah i get it when don Callis was with um kenny omega talking to christian and don Callis goes he's just talking and talking and talking he goes christian you think you know me and i sat there and <laughs> go <laughs> I I just love those little moments. Yeah. See, for me, like, I'm, I didn't come back to wrestling. Like, obviously, I watched it back in the day. Like, I probably gave up on it right around the steroid issue. Okay. And I came back right as The Rock kind of took off. Good time. Like the, when he left the nation. So right around the attitude error. And for me, like I wasn't into the whole like WCW NWO because by the time I started watching, it was already established yeah. thing. Horace Hogan kind of it was already there. Buff Bagwell, the Steiner, Macho Man, like everybody. I was like, who isn't? I remember saying to my friends watching it, like, who the fuck isn't in the NWO? It's like they just took WCW and shoved them into a gimmick. One right, whole big gimmick which I'm scared of in as our next topic but uh and, um, the, the one thing that you mentioned right you mentioned the steiners just just to kind of hop on N nxt a little bit yeah i saw his N son N nxt rebranded itself rick steiner's Ugh. son is wrestling rick steiner's son is wrestling on nxt and wearing similar um neon 90s tights and you totally don't even 
acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. What the hell? Today's wrestling fan knows about the Steiner brothers. And that's what we just talked about, where the WWE is treating you like an idiot. He looks like Rick Steiner. Facially. Uniform. I don't know what his moveset is. It's probably a Frankensteiner to show homage to his uncle. Whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just... I get angry now because I look at it and I go, you dumped all these people. You still have shitty writing and you think you're the you're the bee's knees yep. and you're not. Now, I don't care that you're comparing. Oh, it's a it's a Wednesday night to a Monday night. It doesn't matter. Look at look at it, the content. Sure. AEW has a lot of botches, a lot of mistakes, a lot of whatevers. OK, I think it's because there's so much pressure on everybody to maybe do all these stupid flippy moves and all that shit. Yeah, it's a spot fest. It's like watching a Teddy Hart match. But it's like you're you're putting so much pressure because you know, you know what you got, and you don't want to blow your load too quick. But you know, right, you want to be perfect every time to make it. But that's fine. And then you flip the you 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 go back and you look at what Monday or Friday is, and you go, what the hell is this? Yeah. Script wise, storytelling wise, look, the the fact that you have. A former NWA, which is a prestigious wrestling organization. A former NWA champion in R-Truth. In a gimmick where he's running after a 24 by 7 title, which isn't even defended, quote-unquote, 24-7 anymore. And did you know that stupid rule that if there's a 24-7 match itself in the ring... The Nobody rules, else can interfere. The rules are suspended <laughs> for that match. Yeah, and I, I, I think we talked about this. I would love somebody to take that title and just take it and bash it with a fucking hammer and be like, hey, you know what that title looks like now? Hardcore title. And bring that back. Because this 24-7 hardcore title was stupid. Just make it the hardcore title. That's I it. Totally but going back to the debuts again, because I was lax in wrestling, I don't really remember the NWA. I mean, I've watched it on WWE Network when that existed. Um, for me, Punk. Yeah, I agree with Punk. Is pro- my third one would be Taz when Taz came out. I forgot about Taz. Yeah, Taz. Taz was pretty good. Because they did that whole like boom boom yes. boom boom like what the oh what 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 was that? Yes. So that was and then he came out and he gave Angle the first loss, which was and, and, and now going back and this is and then it would be CM Punk and then Jericho, but going back to uh, Angle, when WWE just signed this Chad Gable whatever his name is, the they Olympic did, wrestler. The new Olympic wrestler? They didn't, yeah. They didn't sign him to a contract. They signed him to a, you know what the uh, N, um, NCAA football and college football guys are doing now that they get paid for their likeness and it's like an right. NIL license or whatever. That's what they got him for so that he doesn't avoid his scholarships and stuff in college so he can still wrestle there. Anyway, yes. Oh, so he's not going to be a wrestler until he's done with college. Yes. The WWE can train him, and he can do this and that and the other thing, but he can still be in college. So, and so that's how they bring Angle back. That's ex- You know that's what they're going to do. They're just going to turn him into – because they're not clever enough 
to think of something new to do with this guy. Are they going to bring back the other guy too and go, oh, look. Charlie Haas. No. No. (laughs) uh, What do you call it? Um, The Jordan, whatever his name is. And say, oh, look. His son. Another son. Yeah. It angers me. And I guess AEW offered Angle to like come back and wrestle. And Angle's like, I'd like to, but like he knew his limitations and that was it. He knew, you know what? Look, that guy had put on so many five star matches. And yes, I can never think of a bad in WWE. I didn't watch him when he was in TNA. I can't think of a bad match that that guy's ever had in TNA. What he did, um, he reinvented himself physically again, and he just. He, he 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 did all right. He carried the company, like Sting would have carried the company, like AJ Styles kind of carried that company. So he 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 did good enough. Right, but he's not coming back unless he knows he's can and, do that, and, and especially with his neck and all that other shit and, that's wrong with him. And he's staying with Vince. There's no, I mean, granted, every everybody, even Booker T, and he's he's lapping the WWE nuts hard. Even if he was given the opportunity, he'd be like. Cash cows over here, right? Like, yeah, I got a steady paycheck over here. So, you you look at what's coming up with regards to future potential releases or non extensions. I think AEW can. There's that there's that NXT guy Bronson something or other that's that's making waves about it. He looks big enough where he can he can make. Yeah, it yeah, waves. I saw that guy. So, the new Brock Lesnar. No, no, no. This is. Uh, another guy maybe he can be in there but I think if you bring in a Braun Strowman and you bring in like Bray Wyatt I don't see a guy like Buddy Murphy fitting into AEW that's more of like an impact thing and it's fine let him do his thing just like uh, Matt Cardona Cardona and and all that stuff they're doing that's fine that's what like TNA is kind of made for I don't want to slap TNA like that or impact whatever they have some they're not the they're not the A game they're the B game they're the they're the JV where you know what you're a good guy, a but really good JV, a really good like the that that AAA thing where they could just call somebody up and whatever and they'll fit in. But they're doing what they're doing and they're doing great, right? And I'm sure the same thing with uh, NWA. Although I I can't for the life of me find out where to watch them. Is is it like a strictly a YouTube thing? Is it, what is it? I don't know. Uh, and same with like Ring of Honor. Like I'd love to see some of the Ring of Honor folks, but there's just so much wrestling. And there's so many good people in these wrestling organizations that I just love to watch them. But then again, I just want them all shoved into like one, one or two companies so I can actually watch them on live TV. Yeah, but then there's not enough television time for all those guys. So if AEW can pick up a Braun Strowman and a Bray Wyatt, and I'll segue into the next story, and a Bret Hart, I will be happy to leave the roster as is and just work, just work it all together. Because the, the, those pieces have a certain spot, and they're good. You know who else I would bring into the women's division? i try to get Medusa. I'd go for Gail Kim. Wasn't she a pretty decent female yeah. wrestler? She, Mickey James. Mickey James and Gail Kim are, are like hardcore impact um, people now. And, and um, what's her? Uh, <clears throat> Mickey James is Nick Aldiz's wife, and Nick Aldiz is in NWA. So, like, they're... It's segmented that way. They're not, probably not going to go to, to um, AEW. But 
I'd be all right. I'd be all right with just Bray Wyatt. That's all you really need right now, because then he gives that Dark Order some legitimacy yeah. that it's been missing. But I think you, you add at least one, two, or three of those those people, done. Right? You have your roster. Right? Freeze it. <laughs> Work your storylines and everything else. So I mentioned Bret Hart because AEW signed with the Owen Hart Foundation. They've entered into a relationship to honor the world-renowned wrestler of Owen Hart and his legacy. This, like, blew the fucking roof off of Twitter the other day. All Elite Wrestling and the Owen Hart Foundation, a nonprofit charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individuals in need across the world, are collaborating to honor the legacy of the late wrestler Owen Hart, a beloved figure in professional wrestling community and beyond. This collaboration includes launching an annual Owen Hart Cup tournament within AEW, uh, which will see the winner receive a cup known as the Owen. Names could have been worked on better, but anyway. As well as the <coughs> as well as the production and distribution of unique and original Owen Hart merchandise, like wrestling figurines and such, included specific retail goods. Uh, Why wouldn't you just name it the Hart Cup? Well, you have that f- that female cheerleader that's with uh, Brian Pillman's kid, and they're like the Varsity Blondes, who's not related to Hearts. So that's kind of you. You haven't seen her, have you? Oh, I know who she is. Cheerleader looking chick. (laughs) She's not bunny. No. (laughs) Weird. Um, this this the moment I read this press release, I was like, "When do you get Bret Hart to give this?" Well, didn't he come out? He he presented the what is now the AEW Championship belt. Yes. Yeah. So. It's not really a stretch, and I'm pretty sure he's not exclusively. And and it's it doesn't break his legends contract to go there. Does he even have a legends contract? Probably because he's in all the games and stuff. If his he, likeness. If he does have a legends contract, I don't think he can come over. Yeah, but he already did. So then he probably doesn't have one, which is probably yeah. even better. But still, right? You, the way I see AEW. Sands this whole Ric Flair thing. We'll get into it in a little bit. You bring in guys like an Arn Anderson, like a Tully, like a Ric Flair, a Sting, a Bret Hart. You're not using them to fucking wrestle, right? Yeah, I know Sting's in a little bit, Big Show's in a little bit, Mark Henry, I'm sure down the line, same way. That's not their goal. They're and they're not enhancement talents, right? You're giving you're giving the crowd like a little nugget, going, "Eh, Big Show just chokes on somebody. Cool, he can still do it." And that's it. You're bringing these guys in to actually mentor the young kids and to probably slap around the vets like a CM Punk kind of thing and just simply go, you know, keep them in line. Focus. Yeah, yeah, keep them in line. Um, I think this is great. I think this is a great way for them to enhance um, within AEW, if you look at it, the double A and triple A wrestlers that are just on that cusp. Anybody who's lower than Ricky Starks, right? lower than than Ricky Starks, the Varsity Blondes, all that kind of stuff. So you can see where that line is, where where it's like you've made the main roster, you've got that contract, and everybody else is a darker elevation and and all that kind of shit. But still wrestling, wrestling their hearts out and being pretty good. Any of the independent guys that want to come over, you have your tournament for those people. Showcase them. Give them their spotlight. This is perfect for them. Why couldn't the WWE do this? Probably because Owen Hart's wife is pissed at them. (laughs) There's a there's a there's a couple million dollars 
they, in between them. They, uh, I don't know. They killed her husband. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. This is this. If they do this the right way, this is almost similar to what they do with the Andre Giant Battle Royal thing that they did, that the WWE does. In in essence, right? They're paying respects to one of the bigger, right? They have a, they have a battle royal. They're gonna have a little. AEW's gonna have a tournament for this kind of thing. So it's similar kind of. Yeah, but what do you make the tournament? Do you make it rookies? Do you make it young guys? Do you make it cruiserweights? Do you make it high flyers? I'd say the young guys, and you can. I I'll put young flyers and all that other kind of stuff underneath the young guys. The up and coming talent in AEW should be in this. I don't want to see CM Punk or Daniel Bryan or or whoever in this. None of that. I, yeah, if, well, if, Jericho's going to be in it because he's probably one of the only guys that was around Sting, I would guess. But Sting was Owen Hart was never in WCW, so yes, he was at some point. He was early on, yeah, before the Blue Blazer stuff happened in WWF. He was so, but still, so maybe he. But still, you know what? You know what? Do this. This just popped in my head. Do the Owen uh, Owen Hart Cup tournament, right? And at the end of it, right, you have guys like Kenny Omega and CM Punk and everybody sitting at the top of the ramp. At the end of the thing, they all stand up and start start clapping and all that kind of shit. I'd go for something like that because there's so yeah, why not? Um, I I think this is pretty good. As long as they don't do something like have MJF win it and then bash it to get cheap heat. Yeah. He is about cheap heat. Yes. Very much cheap heat. Look. The Middle. <laughs> the fact that they had what AW Dynamite last week in Jersey on a Wednesday. On Tuesday he started shitting on Jersey in social media. He got the devils involved. He got everybody and people started shit talking him like who the fuck is this guy? And I'm sitting there going Holy shit, dude just got awesome heat. He's old school because he's he is in character. Fucking NJ Devil got involved on his Twitter account. <laughs> Middle. And then Hey Pregger, who got you pregnant? Your daddy? <laughs> yeah. The only thing better would have been that I'm Brian Pillman's daughter. He's like, well, it shouldn't, then I definitely wasn't your dad. I mean, there are lines that didn't cross it, but I just sat there and going, oh. Yeah, I said, that's, I text you and you were behind because you like DVR'd it. I was like, holy shit. So we did that. We did that. Opinions, NXT rebranding. We can end the show with this and we can end on a low note. Dark, is it Dark Side of the Ring or Dark Side of Wrestling? I keep flip-flopping back and forth. Which one is it? I think it's the dark side of the ring. Because it started their 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 latest season, um, in what last week or whatever, and I forget what it was. But this week, or whatever it was, last show, uh, plane ride from hell. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I watched it after all the stuff that happened. I don't know if I do because it kind of just sounds like it was all played out on the internet anyway. But a lot of it had to do, I guess, with Ric Flair and a lot of the talent, specifically Ric Flair. Um, 
pulling out of his junk on an airplane. It wasn't just about Ric Flair. It was more. Yeah, it was. It was more about. So, the only wrestlers that were on it were Mike Kyoto. I oh, meaning given commentary. Yeah, okay. uh, RVD and Tommy Dreamer, and then you had the stewardess that was on that flight. And the story basically went that they were doing Insurrection, the pay-per-view in London. The pay-per-view ended on Saturday. They all got on a plane right afterwards. And the plane was on the tarmac for seven hours. They went through two solid drink carts. And not like when you and I are on an airline, like this was a special airplane for like every seat was first class, you know, they had real meals. And when it came to the drink cart, they had real bottles, not your airplane bottles. And I guess they went through two drink carts before the plane even took off. In seven hours, two of them. Right. So it led to the third one coming and everyone is annihilated drunk and it was gold dust singing to terry runnels after they were divorced making it uncomfortable uh it was scott hall it was oh it was the famous uh i guess they put something in michael hayes's drink and he passed out and x-pac cut off his fucking ponytail so this was a debauchery plane. Right. And, the, and they're interviewing the stewardess. She had a ch- most of the commentary on this plane ride from hell. And she was basically saying, like, if you were to take every high school, fo- your high school football team of 18 year old boys and give them alcohol, that this is what this awesome. flight was. People wrestling, I guess, uh, Kurt Henning was at the time there and put shaving cream on Brock Lesnar's head and Brock Lesnar chased them up and down the plane. And they were like full on wrestling, knocking fucking chairs off of, you know, the floor. They were bumping into the emergency door, you know, like crazy shit. I think I got to watch this. And this woman said, you know, what? she goes, it was debauchery. She goes, but it wasn't until about three hours into the actual flight in the air that Ric Flair comes out. And apparently this is something that has happened before. Remember when they used to have like wrestlers tell stories on the WWE network and they would like put it to cartoons? Oh, no, it was on. I'm sorry. It was on the ESPN. The 30 when they did the 30 for 30 thing on Flair. They talked about this where flair was known for and flair coming out wearing his robe and nothing else and like rvd and tommy dreamer like yeah he whipped it out and he would do helicopters and he would he goes rick flair has the persona of rick flair of rick flair because of what he's packing and like rvd's like the dude's got a hammer <laughs> fucking 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 rvd so I guess like everyone's laughing, but he continued to walk to the front of the plane where the galley is. And this woman was there 
and he's just standing in front of her balls naked with his robe and forced her to kind of touch him and the whole story from that where dreamer got in trouble yeah because he basically came out and said look rick flair is rick flair you could see where it where it happened he's like i he goes rick flair is not the kind of person that would have to force themselves on a woman and he made the comment like if this really happened why didn't she go to the police instead of taking a settlement which legitimately is a good question but you can't victim shame yeah a person and because of that, Tommy Dreamer got pulled indefinitely from Impact Wrestling, busted open radio, came, Don LaGreca came out and said, oh, he's not going to be on the show for an indefinite foreseeable future. Um, and the, um, what is it, Car Shield? I don't know if you've seen the commercials. Yeah. They pulled Ric Flair from it. Uh, the WWE put, pulled a little segment of uh, one of their openings of Ric Flair wooing. They pulled that out. Uh, I guess we're not going to see it in the Devil Games anymore, huh? I was just going to say, if they're smart, they they're going to take that out of uh, the stuff too. Um, I I know I texted you or I put it online. Uh, just a general question as to for this particular program moving forward, uh, knowing the type of type of show that this is, I guess, becoming. Right. I mean, it was funny at the beginning because, you know, it showed like Owen Hart's death. They like did, did like the ultimate warrior. And then with the warrior thing, they kind of pushed the whole his infidelity and all that kind of sh- shit. Um, you know, the um, Bruiser Brody getting fucking stabbed to death in another country. Right. So it's it's teetering on this. I'll say moral line. Right. At one point, do wrestlers say no thanks, but no thanks to part. I think they already are. I mean, you're not really <sighs> shit. I mean, I know Jericho. Not... Jericho would have been on that flight. He's commentating it. How come they didn't ask him? I don't know if Jericho was on that. I would have been. Yeah, because if it was during the whole invasion thing, Jericho was already there. Was it? Um, no, but I mean, like any Jeez. programming moving forward, right? Like. I just going forward, what do I think? I, I don't think it matters because it's not like this this show is going to get people who will say what happened. You know, like they're going to get Owen Hart's wife talking about it. They're going to get people who knew the ultimate warrior. They're going to get people who were on this plane flight and they talked about it. So, I mean, I think you asked me, like, what percentage of this is, do you think this is true? I would, and what did I say? I think I said 70, 30. Yeah, something like that, yeah. That it's like, it's probably 70% true. As far as sensationalizing the last 30% to kind of get you to go, oh, shit, or wow. And That's I, everything. And I also think, too, that the people that they're getting to comment on this, Tommy Dreamer, Rob Van Dam, uh, uh, Jim Ross. I think. Well, Jim are... Ross telling the story is a little rough. He, he, you could tell he was very guarded 
and how to say things. He's a smart old man. And there's one point where they ask him a question along the lines of something. I think it was with the whole, like, why didn't you stop Ric Flair? You know, like you, you should know him walking down a plane, you know, and he looked and he goes, it's a good question. He goes, wish I had a good answer for you. He goes, looking back now, easy to say should have goes back then funny i mean you look at the people commentating right dreamer rvd jim ross those are the more newer people the ones that you have on other shows that did the um you know british bulldog the other guy right um you have just old guys guys that are aren't in wrestling yeah yeah i mean i think you're gonna need i can't see this show lasting much longer story wise like i'm sure that there's a lot of stories that we don't know but like i never knew the bruiser brody story like yeah it was interesting and it was cool but i mean i mean they're gonna do luna vashon at some point right like yeah that's like a and e doing the booker t biography on him like yeah like he nice I wouldn't put him on a, a category with Macho Man or the Ultimate Warrior. You know, like what what other stories can this show put out there? That I mean, I know they're doing one on the steroids. All right, that was a major one. Like, what are you going to start going through every wrestler that died? That's about the only way you're going to keep this show going because that seems to happen every 18 days. You do have the uh, the old countdown. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. I I mean, you think about it like, would would if this story didn't happen, does Ric Flair really push Andrade in AEW to be something? Right, or is he good enough with this this dude right now and moving forward? Somebody being his his mouth. I think he's get he's gonna get lost in the shuffle. His his English is, is is holding him back. Yeah, it's good enough in snippets. It's but not good anywhere else. I feel like he's just taking Alberto Del Rios's gimmick as the rich, you know, Mexican wrestler. And that's pretty bad in all in itself, right? <laughs> I'm really trying to think like what other topics could in modern from attitude error to now, like what other topics could you really talk about on that show? You've hit most of the big ones. The the Monday Night War thing is already done because it's been done on any uh, every other programming possible. Because this dark side stuff is like all the bad things, right? The Pillman stuff about the drugs and, and, and all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, I guess you could probably do one on the finger poke of death. You could do one on Vince Russo ruining WCW. Uh, I don't honestly; those aren't like ratings grabbers. I would. Think. You could do one on the death of WCW. That could be a two-parter. Yeah, I don't. 
I mean, you hit the you you've hit the big topics. You hit the Benoit. Did they do one on China? No, but X Pop did. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at that! It's time to go. <laughs> yucca, yucca. High Sticks and Super Kicks podcast, Robin Dave. You're home for the perfect one. Hockey and pro wrestling. Also, check us out on every platform there is out there, whether it be Android or Apple. We're there. Just Google us. And uh, while I got your attention, folks, little little thing here. Go ahead, please support Dexter Dog USA. Dexter Dog USA, a beach-inspired apparel for everyone. Inspired by the Jersey Shore, that's our home state. Shirts and hoodies are made to order with the softest ring-spun cotton, so you'll love to live in them. Found Down the shore, everything's alright. Found abandoned on the beach in the summer of 2019, Dexter was down on his luck in need of a second chance. Enter Jay and Marcy brought him home and gave him the love and care he so desperately needed. Turns out it just—it wasn't just Dexter who needed a second chance. Giving back, Dexter Dog USA believes in giving back. Proud to have teamed up with the Rescue Rich Animal Shelter here in Jersey. Portion of your proceeds will be donated to help furry friends because Dexter Dog USA believes everyone deserves a second chance. Now <laughs> that's a PSA. Can right. I do this in my voice? <laughs> no, we woo. no, we don't do the woo anymore. <laughs> we don't want to get canceled. <laughs> Anything left for you? No, I'm a tired boy, so toodles. <laughs> Check us next time on the Ice Sticks and Super Kick Podcast. Bye, Gary. Bye. Have fun this season. Good luck to everybody. I love every team equally.